What would the perfect draft look like for the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, locked On. Locked, locked, locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today is Landon McCool. Follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, it is draft week. How you doing, sir? We made it. We made, we made it. it. We're here. It's uh, it's Christmas week. It's uh, it's it's holiday week. Whatever you want to call it, we we made it to draft week. Uh, the the rumors are flying all over the place. Yes, that they we're are. hearing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, so. You know, you and I are, are, have always been accused, both of us, of being very positive, optimistic people about the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Both of us equally very positive. Yes, very, very equally. Famously. Um, and uh, so we thought that today would be, uh, since we're, we're dealing with the draft week, it would be a great way to kind of visualize what could be the best case scenario for the Cowboys come Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm excited about today's podcast. I will say we did this in 2020. And in our best case scenario, C.D. Lamb wasn't even there. I think we were talking about, hey, could Jerry Judy maybe be there? And then one of the corners fall to Trevon Diggs. So maybe we need a little I've learned my lesson. I'm going to shoot for the stars this year. Like, that's what I think I learned, right? Because clearly we didn't shoot it up last time. Yeah, in this draft more than any others, I think you can because it's going to be so different. I actually – I've been tweeting out some consensus board rankings uh, earlier today. And what you see in this, there is no consensus among these yeah. players. There's, it's mm-hmm. wild. So a guy that you think might be gone in the top 12, I won't be surprised if he's sitting there at number 26 for the Dallas Cowboys. So let's get into this. Landon, in round one, what would be the absolute A++ pick the Cowboys could make at number 26? So just to kind of establish some parameters here, we're basically choosing guys who we think are the outermost reach of likely to happen. So we don't think it's likely to happen, but if this is basically just shy of impossible, is where we think. So for my first overall pick, the Dallas Cowboys were shocked that the, uh, that the wide receiver depth uh, in this class, continue to push the top of the players down, and 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 in this specific draft, Quentin Johnson went higher than than everyone expected, and it pushed down Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. all the way down to number twenty six for the Cowboys, and they were able to select him. Uh, that is one of my first ones. I, I don't think that this is obviously very likely. We we that's looking at parameters here, but I could see a world where where because of the depth uh, later on in the class, everyone decides to wait. Jackson Smith the Jigba is one of the wide receivers who kind of uh, body style and receiver type kind of fits the mold of a lot of these other kind of down down the draft receivers. So if you've decided you wanted to wait, I think there will be some teams that will convince themselves that they can wait. Uh, and that could potentially dr- uh, push a guy down like Jackson Smith the Jigba, who should be a middle of the first round you know, pick at the least, uh, maybe all the way down to the striking range where the Cowboys could be. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me at all because there are some things to remember here. Like, 
he's not overly fast, so he's probably – most teams aren't going to see him as an outside guy. He only played 60 snaps in 2022. That's true. So, I mean, maybe some teams get scared off a little bit. I, I agree with you. I think he goes middle teens. But would it be shocking to see him fall down to the Cowboys? No. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But why – for Dallas specifically, why do you think that would be a good fit? Well, I think the, the the good thing about him is that you, I tend to think that you could play him at the Z, you could play him at the slot. You know, it's, it gives him a year of protection where you're not reliant on him necessarily because you kind of have three established guys. But there's still tons of opportunity for him to get in there and and make hay as needed. Uh, and I I think that that it just would be a good situation for him to kind of get worked in you know piecemeal especially as he's kind of hasn't played a lot of football recently to kind of get him back into the swing of things uh and then you know by year two you really start to like rely on him or at least have expectations of what you're going to get out of him uh i just think it's a good fit for what the cowboys want in the receiver position and uh uh, the, the the situation for him personally to develop uh all right i i agree i think i think he's the best receiver in this class and i think there's a pretty decent gap however i don't think he is so much better than everybody else that i couldn't see zay flowers going ahead of him or i couldn't see quentin johnston being selected ahead of him so that's why i do think i don't know not realistic but possible and that's what we're Mm -hmm. going for that's what we're shooting for yeah exactly all right so just to to pull the curtains back a little bit you and i talked about this yesterday on the phone as we're kind of planning out this week and i wrote down the name that i i (laughs) wish the cowboys would draft at 26 and I wake up this morning and I read Peter King's mock draft. Wow. And he has this player going to the Cowboys at number 26. It's Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback from Penn State. Now, this is actually one of the first people or players that we talked about way right. back yeah. in January as we were getting kind of starting into this draft process. I still think he's a perfect fit in Dallas, even more so now that they brought in Stephon Gilmore because – I think he needs a little bit of time to develop, but he is long. He's athletic. He's physical. You make him your third outside corner. You use him on special teams. You use him on certain packages. But by 2024, he's one of your starting outside cornerbacks. And I think he's got a chance to be a superstar. Absolutely. I think you nailed it. I think the the fit is is great for exactly the reason you mentioned. He does have all the traits you want. You'd like to, to not have to overly rely on him right away uh, mm-hmm. just specifically this year because you'd like to see a little bit more technique improvement just a little bit because he can get a little grabby at times and you yep, do worry definitely about is. The dpi so so I, I but he's got everything you need especially for this defense i mean i i i really like it was funny when you said that you, we, we talked off the phone I, I was wondering if you kind of wrote down joey porter jr no matter what yeah exactly so uh, I, yeah, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. Obviously, we're hearing, obviously, Peter King is hearing and other people are hearing that he could be falling a little bit because he may not be a perfect fit for every team. Uh, no, he, and he's not. He's he's yeah. very much a man-to-man press cornerback. Yeah, and there could definitely be uh, some concerns that if you draft him right away and you don't have any kind of cornerback depth as it is, you're going to be forced to put him into service right away. And maybe that's not exactly the most ideal situation for for a young corner who still can be a little bit grabby. So I could see why he was falling, but the traits are just incredible, especially for what the Cowboys specifically are are looking for. It is kind of a – uh, I, I have to uh, mention his name again already, but Steve Avila, a kind of fit, right? Where it's like 
what you're looking for, what he is, the kind of developments you're looking for, it, yeah. it seems to be like a very nice fit with what the Cowboys are trying to get at the cornerbacks. And, and the last thing I'll say about this too is the Cowboys traditionally like to draft guys that can come in and start from day one. Now that wouldn't be Joey Porter with Trevon Diggs, Gilmore, Bland, and Jordan Lewis. But I, I wonder with the way that last season went at the end of the year when they were just – crushed with cornerback injuries that that's yeah. just not a position they're going to load up on early just to make sure that it doesn't happen again plus it's important to remember stefan gilmore going into the final year of his deal trevon diggs final year of his deal jordan lewis the final year of his deal obviously we think they're going to bring Diggs back but i think depth is something that they need to start to focus on absolutely yeah i mean you know you've got three corners on expiring contracts cowboys always draft con- a year ahead of, of these contracts yeah. Uh, you know, obviously that doesn't mean that Trayvon Diggs isn't getting re-signed, but you do need more than yes. two cornerbacks on this team. And so, uh, you know, being that with just bland uh, and then no other cornerbacks gives Trayvon Diggs way too much leverage. You definitely want to have something else in the room so he's not holding you completely hostage when contract negotiations start. All right, let's get to our favorite round two picks next. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do or why we say the things we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, give BetterHelp uh, a try as well. It's absolutely fantastic. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and you can suit it to your schedule no matter how busy you are. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for any reason with no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. All right, Landon, round two. This is where it gets yeah. a little trickier. Who would be your most ideal pick at number 58 for the Cowboys? Well, I, I think, you know, we, we've already mentioned his name, and, and we've been talking about him as a trade-back option uh, for a long time. But if Steve Avila somehow, if you were able to pick one of these guys in, in the first round and Steve Avila was able to fall all the way down to you at 58 without a trade-up. That's the name, that's right? A, that's a home run. I mean, honestly, I've been talking about the fact that if Avila were to make it to 58, that would be my favorite pick, I think, no matter what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a ton to stay here more than, you know, what we already have said about the guy. I think he has a, a great fit for the Cowboys, what they need, what they'll need in the future. The, the fact that he can play guard center is a huge benefit for the Cowboys who have an expiring center contract as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, he's going to be able to come in and start right away at left guard. So you can keep Tyler Smith at left tackle. Uh, and, and, and things kind of fit the way you want them to. So if the Cowboys, you know, like I said, if we got to secure this guy by trading back from 30 to uh, from 26 to kind of another area where you feel like the value is a little bit better, or if, even if you had to trade up from 58, I really feel like the Cowboys would be, would be in a great spot if they secured Avila, if they were able to do it without doing any trade and just getting him cleanly at 58. I mean, that's a home run. Yep. And, and that was the name that I had written down as well. Now I've got a different one for you in a second, but I actually think you could put a couple of names in here. If Osiris yeah. Torrance is the, the guy that falls to you at 58, I'm sure at that point you're feeling about the same, right? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, Osiris Torrance is probably even a little bit higher. I mean, I, I have to check the board. Yeah, the he, board, but... he, he's right now the 31st player, uh, Steve Avila, 38th overall. But yeah. I think it's just one of those – if one of those two guards Either is one. there for you at 58, it's a home run. You're running, running yeah. to, the, to the podium, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge, huge play for the game. And, and uh, we should uh, mention – this has happened before, right? Like yeah. interior offensive linemen do tend to fall some in the draft. I remember back in 2018, there were a lot of people who were mocking Connor Williams to the Cowboys. I think they were drafting 19th that year's, and he fell all the way to 50. I don't know if Avila is being ranked as high as Connor Williams. In fact, I know he's not being ranked as high as yeah. Connor Williams. So could he fall eight more spots? I could see it. Yeah, I mean, especially since a lot of these interior, like guards specifically, you know, the Cowboys are not the only team that likes to draft tackles to play guard. Yes. You know? So I, a lot of the times these tackles get pushed up, not just because tackle is probably a little bit more valuable position, but because they get drafted to play guard. Uh, because all the best offensive linemen usually in college football, uh, if you're of a certain type of athleticism, you get moved to tackle. So yes. that's why a lot of these guys are being targeted at that position to play inside a guard. So, yeah, absolutely. Could the guy who's the consensus – uh, guard one and guard two be, fall because sure. their position is being poached by other offensive tackles that people want to develop. Absolutely, and, and it, you know, again, it's such a niche position that if if one or two teams don't take it up where you know the the kind of expectation to is or where the need is, they could fall fifteen twenty spots with each kind of past pick, right? Well, and the other thing is, is as much as we like Avila, there might be teams that just say, hey, yeah. we want a center more than we want a guard, right? And we like John yeah. Michael Schmidt better as yeah, a center. Absolutely. Let's let's take him at 39 rather than Avila, who we like as a center, but he's really more of a guard for us. So that won't be surprising uh, at all to me either. The, the other one I was going to ask you about, Cody Mock. He's, for the most part, he's that next interior offensive lineman being kind of mocked around in that same spot, 48th overall. How would you feel if he's the pick for Dallas at 58 and the Cowboys decide to move him to left guard? You know, I've struggled with Cody Mock a little bit. I I, I definitely understand the, the love there. And, you know, the, the story is incredible. And I think he's got incredible, incredible athleticism, uh, like for his, you know, for his size and his, you know, ratio of thickness. Mm-hmm. I think he's a sinner. Like, I just, I, I worry that he's just not strong enough to play guard. Um, I, I think for me, I would, I like him, but I don't love him the way that other other folks yep. do. And, and I think that a move to guard in the NFL, like I just worry that he's unless he's constantly on the move and trying to get to the second level, I think he's going to struggle in pass protection against more stout defensive mm-hmm. tackles. I think he's going to struggle to move people off the ball in the run game. I think as a center, you're talking about a very heady, athletic guy who could cut a defense in half. Uh, and, and and that, you know, kind of lack of core strength, uh, it won't necessarily show or you can be covered up a little more, more at least while he's still developing that. Yep. But I mean, kind of going back to the conversations you and I have had on the offseason right, where I'm of the mind now that I want uh, offensive linemen with power, I agree. You know, with, with yep. strength to come into the league because developing that it can be incredibly difficult and it's really hit or miss. It's not as guaranteed as some people uh, seem to think that you can develop that kind of power once they get into the NFL. I'm in the same way. I think 58, 
I don't know if it's too rich, but that's probably at value for me, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're again, we're talking about pie in the sky draft yeah, here. So exactly. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I got two guys I want to ask you about. So let's just assume the Cowboys go safe in the first round and they take Steve Avila, the guard from TCU. You want to go to defense. I've got two defensive guys. First one is Mozzie Smith, the defensive yeah. tackle from Michigan. Um, of the top six or seven draft analysts, the experts, none of them have him ranked inside the top 35 players. He's being ranked on average 40th overall. It wouldn't shock me to see him available into the 50s. And if that's a guy that the Cowboys get at 58, I think I'd be thrilled. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at the fact that you, you're starting to see uh, uh, Tommy Adewabe. Tommy from Northwestern. Tommy from Northwestern. How about that? Um, you know, starting to kind of get uh, uh, moved up a little bit. There's lots of there's lots of talk about Keanu Benton lately. Mm-hmm. It seems like so Mozzie's spot as the top defensive well <laughs> defensive tackle too is uh, is kind of been in question lately. It seems like it's getting a lot more crowded there than it was earlier in the draft, especially pre Senior Bowl and, and and all that. So well, and I would even say like we've seen we're starting to see other defensive tackles actually distance themselves from. Mozzie. I mean, obviously, Jalen Carter, Kalijah yeah. Kansi, and Brian Brzee are both significantly ahead of him on the consensus That's funny. score. I, I, I don't even consider them at this point. That's just which is dumb. You're right because Mozzie is technically DT four, but it's like I, I Kansi's so small, I don't barely consider him a defensive tackle, and Brzee's such an unknown that it's like I don't necessarily consider him above Mozzie Smith. But you're not wrong, right? Like those guys are consensus board higher than those guys. Can't see, and that's the thing is that Mozzie of all these guys is probably, yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, is probably the least pass rusher yeah, of definitely. these guys, right? Yeah. Like, so I think that's that's why he has the ability, or not the ability, the, but the likelihood that he could move down further than we expect him to because he doesn't quite have the same sort of pass rush even benton who we we came into the senior bowl thinking is is just kind of a lesser mozzie smith Mm -hmm. showed more athleticism at the senior bowl showed some pass rush and i think that's why you're starting to see him move up a little bit so that's why i think mozzie could potentially be on the move is he is you know, in that mix of all these other kind of DTs who are have, that previously he kind of had a little tier to himself at the top of the second round, those guys are being pushed up towards him. And on top of that, as we get closer and closer, he has the trait, his special trait is the one that's the least valuable yep. as far as team building goes. So there is, I think there's a possibility that he gets well, pushed down and, and, and Cowboys have a chance to select him. If you're drafting that guy in the first round, it seems sometimes maybe a little bit rich for a guy that might only play 25 to 30 snaps a game. But if you're drafting him at 58, it's totally different, right? Like the equation just completely changes. And I would love it, absolutely love it if he's the pick at 58. One other name that I want to mention to you, Drew Sanders, the, yeah. the linebacker from Arkansas. Uh, he's 47th overall the cons- consensus board right now. Only one person has him inside their top 35 players, and that's Dame Brugler. Really? Every- everybody else has him, like Todd McShay, 58th overall, PFF 48, Daniel Jeremiah 63. I think it's – I don't know if it's realistic that he could fall to 58, but I don't think it's impossible either. And if you were able to get your offensive lineman or playmaker in round one and you come back with Drew Sanders in round two, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like Drew Sanders. Uh, I don't know that I love him at 26 if he ends up – I mean, because I think he's a he's going to be considered at 26. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. 
and, and I and I I don't know that I necessarily love him there, but I I don't hate him either. And at fifty eight, I mean, that seems like a great pick, right? Like it feels a, guy... a little bit like Trevon Diggs back in twenty yeah. twenty, yeah. right? Like, hey, we're gonna consider you at seventeen, but if you happen to fall into the second round, we're we're gonna you know we're gonna hope and pray that you fall to that spot. Yeah, and, and you know this is a guy that we we talked about it that with linebackers, uh, you know Sanders is one of those few guys that he's a he's a off ball linebacker has a lot of experience as a pass rusher. Like this isn't a situation where he's never played pass rusher before. Yeah. We just think he has traits. Like this guy played pass rusher for Alabama as a freshman, uh, and 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 if you just look at his story. Uh, he's just an athlete. He's just an incredible yeah. football player, son of a football coach, tr- you know, moved schools all throughout high school, played a hundred different positions at different points, was an option quarterback, a linebacker, a, a pass rusher, uh, and, and just kind of was the number one athlete coming out of Texas, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, uh, yeah, number one uh, unpositioned athlete coming out of Texas, like in the year, a uh, couple of years ago, 2020, I think. And yeah, just uh, this is a guy that. You know, just I think he's still learning the position as far as linebacker goes. So there's some instinct stuff that he needs to kind of get over. But he's a valuable athlete yeah. who can be moved around to do a whole bunch of stuff. He has experience playing multiple spots in the front seven. Uh, just a football player and just a guy that you have. I think has a very high floor just because you know that he can do a lot of different things. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do round three of our perfect mock draft. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show. It's going to be your last chance to get your questions last in uh, before the NFL draft. So make sure you guys do that. You can send them to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, all right, Landon, let's, uh, let's get to our third round pick. It, this is, it gets a little trickier here projecting who's going to be there in the third round. But is there a guy that you would just be ecstatic with if he was available? So in this perfect draft that uh, we've we were lucky enough to participate in, uh, the running back run came late. Uh, in fact, I think uh, the only running back who came who was drafted in the first round was Bijan Robinson. Gibbs mm-hmm. ends up falling, uh, and then surprisingly, uh, Devin Arcon from uh, from Texas A and M. H A H A H A. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, gets gets taken yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhere in the middle rounds. Zach Charbonneau falls all yeah. the way down to 90 and the Dallas Cowboys select him. I, I think I don't, this one is to me the one that's a, a really tough reach just because yeah. I think NFL teams all seem to like him and he, he does kind of fit a little bit of what every team wants in a running back. So this may really be a reach for me, but if you were somehow able to get Charbonneau at, at, at 90, uh, that's, you know, 90 is kind of the spot where you would normally be thinking about like starting to look at running backs, unless you, you kind of got completely busted at 58 and you wanted to take him there. Uh, if, if you were, if you had a chance to get Charbonneau at, at 90, uh, that would be a, really a home run just simply because he, he gives you the, the kind of balance and, and, and upside that you just wouldn't expect from a third round running back. Yep. Uh, and, yep. and I think, you know, he's something that you could feature in your offense and, and really kind of share a true, uh, backfield sharing role with uh, someone like Tony Pollard. I agree. And I think if he gets like the pick 70, that's where I'm starting to trade up. Like, Hey, do you want a conditional fourth round pick next year as well? Like, especially if you've, let's say the draft went perfectly and you drafted your Jackson Smith, the jig bud, then you got your Drew Sanders yeah. in route two. like go get your running back to make sure that you have that spot filled. So I completely agree. That's actually the name I had written down as well. So it's, it's funny here that we are uh, kind of in sync. I will say the other guy that I wrote down. I got another guy too. All right. 
Tank Dell. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, because for sure. we 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 both like Tank Dell a lot, and I know I think the second round is probably going to be a little bit too rich for him, but it feels like he's going to be somebody that goes between the Cowboys' second and third round pick. But if the Cowboys haven't addressed receiver in the first two rounds, and you get Tank Dell in the third. And I don't care. It's pick 90. If it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. But I still have not seen anybody ever cover him. I'd like to see somebody try to in the NFL. So I'm willing to gamble on him at 90. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the thing. Tank, like, kind of is another one of these guys who may not fit the bill for all the for every team at the position, right? So he's another guy who you think could – he could fall. Not that he will fall. Yeah. He could fall because there could be kind of a – you know, threading needle situation where, oh, this team needs a wide receiver, but they need, they usually like more height. No, this team doesn't need a wide receiver. This team doesn't need a wide receiver. And then suddenly he falls like well, half around, right? The, the other thing too is like the, if you draft him in the second versus the third, there's a difference in expectations there, right? Yeah. Like if, if the Cowboys draft a receiver at 58, I think the expectation is that that guy is a starter by 2024. Yeah. If yeah. you draft a guy at 90, you're looking at somebody who can play a role on your offense rather than being a full time starter. Yeah, you're looking at someone who basically will uh, re- replace Turpin plus, right? Yes. Like, yes. yeah, like somebody who you, you, you'll be have on special teams, you'll be a returner, and then will be kind of a fun gadget fourth yes. wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, uh, which, which is a great fit for what you would do with use with Tank uh, Dell for, especially early on. I think mm-hmm. uh, another name that I kind of had here uh, that I thought you know we usually kind of, I, or at least I usually target in the second round. But maybe there's a chance that you know, with the depth and uh, that that he falls. What if Julius Brents fell all the way down? Yeah, and I could see that you know? honestly. Yeah, it's just, I think he's got he. We got a lot of excitement for him uh, early on uh, because of what we saw at the Senior Bowl, uh, and I, the tape's really great too. And he, you know, obviously did it against some good wide receivers. But there are a ton of corners in this class, and not everyone is looking for the same thing in their cornerback class. What if someone like, you know, Tyreek Stevenson goes ahead of him and then Clark Phillips goes ahead of him and then suddenly he's getting pushed down. The, Darius Rush, you know, what, what yeah. if some of these guys start getting drafted ahead of him and suddenly he gets pushed down a little bit and the Cowboys take him at 90. He's, that's another pick that I feel like perfect meeting of value and, and fit for what the Cowboys need and, and, and talent on it. All right, so let's uh, just recap. Your perfect draft would be Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Steve Avila, and then your third round pick, Zach Charbonnet, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be it. So this is a very much an offensive heavy draft, which frankly the Cowboys have probably been needing to do for a while. I, I have a hard time believing that anybody would be upset with that draft at all. Maybe Dan Quinn, but I don't think he would be that upset. So uh, No, Dan Quinn would be very happy with my draft, which would be like Joey Porter Jr., Mozzie Smith, and Tank yeah. Dell. Like that would be a fun one yeah. as well. Yeah, I think I think he would he would sleep easy with that with that class. Uh, but what I, what I think this exercise does show is there's a good chance that some players that you're not expecting to fall to the Cowboys at 20, yeah. 58 or 90 are going to be there. Uh the Cowboys have a chance even despite drafting so late to have an A++ draft. So it should be a ton of fun to watch over the weekend. That is it for today's show. I want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, tomorrow we're going to be answering your Twitter questions, so please send those in. You can follow the show on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you guys next time.